For the Athletic Podcast Network, this is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Kerry Crowley of the Bay Area News Group and San Jose Mercury News about the San Francisco Giants logjam roster. Luis Gonzalez went on the IL on Thursday. Lamont Wade Jr. right around the corner from returning as he wraps up his rehab stint with the Sacramento Rivercats. Also, could David Villar, the leading home run hitter in the PCL, be debuting for the Giants at some point later this season? And the Giants also completed a trade on Thursday, sending Steven Duggar to the Texas Rangers for Bay Area native Willie Calhoun. All things we can talk about with Kerry Crowley, who joins me next. Today is Friday, June 24th. It's a pleasure to welcome back to the update. Kerry Crowley, you hear him weekends on uh, Talking Baseball with Marty Lurie, also with Bill Lasky, and he joins us here on the update. Kerry, what's going on, man? Talking some Giants baseball. How are you, dude? Yeah, doing well. A really interesting week, Coast. Good series in Atlanta. Hot weather in Atlanta, but hot weather in the Bay Area, too. So uh, a good week of Giants baseball. Good time to talk NL West with the Dodgers and the Padres making this an interesting race. And I just feel like this is going to be a fun summer in terms of baseball. And I know that many Giants fans don't feel like the team is entertaining, that the product is all that gripping yet. But I have a feeling things will become more compelling as the summer unfolds. Well, I think it's fair to say that the division itself, the National League West, is better top to bottom than it was last year. The Padres are clearly better and they still don't have Fernando Tatis Jr. back. Their pitching staff is much improved and also the Diamondbacks just in general are a better team. The Rockies are still kind of the Rockies but not quite as bad I don't think as they were last year so it's going to be a tough race I think for the Giants down the stretch here and you're seeing the Dodgers not quite running away with the division but it's going to be competitive. I want to ask you as we get into this part of the season and get closer to the trade deadline everybody's always intrigued by which pieces you could bring in the Giants actually on Thursday did complete a trade with the Texas Rangers Uh, the pride of Vallejo Bayer Kid Willie Calhoun comes on uh, over to the Giants organization with cash considerations in exchange for Steven Duggar, who was on the injured list and uh, and going through some rehab down in Sacramento. Not like a a super flashy move, and I, I'm not actually totally sure what this does for the Giants getting another left-handed outfield bat, but he does play some second base also, Calhoun. I think if you're Willie Calhoun, the Giants get him in the organization. They tell him to show up to AAA Sacramento, and they tell him, don't bring a glove to the ballpark. I mean, he's a horrendous defender, but... Willie Calhoun can hit the baseball. And if the Giants get that swing right, there's potential for him to be a gap-to-gap guy. There's potential for them to use him as a DH or sometimes, like you mentioned, second base, left field. I don't know where they would put him, but he is added depth at the AAA level right now. And one of the things that Farhan Zaidi and Scott Harris have done that I really admire is they bring the local guys home. And with Willie Calhoun, he was in a situation in Texas where he wasn't going to get playing time, booted off the 40-man roster, requested a trade, and the Giants felt, hey, let's take a chance on him because Steven Duggar, he needed to be added to the 40-man roster, and there just wasn't a spot for him, Cobes, with Luis Gonzalez hitting the way he is and you know being the Giants' most consistent player at this point in the season. I know that he went on the 10-day injured list on Thursday, but nevertheless, Luis Gonzalez is a mainstay at the big league level right now. I think that he is a 300 hitter. Maybe that drops down to 280 as the season progresses, but nevertheless, you've got to have him in this Giants lineup, and so he had kind of supplanted Steven Duggar on the depth chart, and this is what Farhan does. It's just musical chairs, bring guys in who can eventually help at the AAA level, and Willie Calhoun, if the Giants get that swing right, they might be able to get him right. They might be able to get someone who could be a little bit more of an impact producer than he was with the Texas Rangers. Gabe Kapler is familiar with him. He was in the uh, the Dodger organization, and he was a pretty big prospect. His best yeah. season came back in 2019 uh, as a member of the Rangers in 80, I think it was only 83 games or so. He played, hit 21 homers, had an, an OPS over 850, but he's not reached that level of success yet. So uh, it's an interesting move, I think, and you're right, with uh, with Luis Gonzalez getting hurt, maybe he gives them uh, just an extra bat. You could put him on the 40-man and, uh, and go from there. I am wondering what happens 
with the outfield when Lamont Wade Jr. comes back and what the roster crunch would look like because you look up and down the roster, there's not a lot of guys I think you'd be comfortable sending down or relegating to the bench for Lamont Wade Jr. just because you're going to put him in the outfield there. I'd, I'd love to see an outfield of Gonzalez, Lamont Wade Jr., and Mike Yastrzemski. That'd be a great left-handed outfield. And then put Jock Peterson at the uh, the DH spot. But if you do that, Darren Ruff ends up on the bench likely because Brandon Belt would be at first base, Brandon Crawford over at short, Longoria or Flores at third base, and then you, you deal with either Tyro or maybe Flores over at second. What's your scope or what's your thought on what happens to the roster when Lamont Wade Jr. comes back if everyone's healthy? Yeah, it's interesting because every talking point this week was, hey, you've got Lamont Wade Jr. coming back. He's finishing up his rehab assignment. What are the Giants going to do? Well, what are they going to do? On Thursday, they placed Luis Gonzalez on the injured list. And things like this, they just have a way of working themselves out for the Giants. Someone goes down. Someone needs a break. Someone needs a breather. And I think that the move that we could see on Friday, Copes, is Zach Littell threw three innings. His arm was gassed in relief on Thursday after Alex Wood threw just one inning, gave up six runs, and a putrid start against the Atlanta Braves. So it wouldn't shock me if the Giants option Zach Littell, activate Lamont Wade Jr., go short in the bullpen, and really rely on their starting rotation to carry them through this weekend series against the Cincinnati Reds. The Cincinnati Reds team that, hey, I can't wait to see what that left field bleacher section, what they do with Tommy Pham in left field if the Reds throw him out there because this is one of the juicier storylines of the season and tells you where baseball is right now that this fantasy football debate between Jock Peterson and Tommy Pham <laughs> has unfolded into this kind of drama. But yeah, the Reds coming to town is interesting. So I think they go a man short in the bullpen. They bring Wade up, load that lineup up with left-handed hitters against a right-handed heavy pitching staff for the Cincinnati Reds and see what they can do there. And then a few days later, take stock. Do you need an extra bullpen arm? Does someone get hurt? I don't know what happens, but I do know that these sort of things tend to work themselves out for Farhan Zaidi and Scott Harris. I, look, I've played the speculation game for the last five years, and I'll continue to play it because it's interesting, it's fun, and you love to see how the roster is built. But there's a reason that you build a 40-man roster and for Farhan and Scott beyond that when it's just 26 men who take the field each night. So what I look at is, it's funny, they keep adding left-handed bats, like a guy in, in Willie Calhoun. Lamont Wade Jr. comes back, another left-handed bat, and as you pointed out, he would replace uh, Luis Gonzalez, at least for the time being, until Gonzalez is, is hopefully healthy enough to rejoin the big league roster, and we've seen what his impact is. He's been the best, basically the best hitter for the Giants over the last month plus in 2022. But right-handed hitting, I, I think, is really the position the Giants need a little bit of help with. I don't know if you do it in the outfield, if there's a position player on the infield you could go with. I want to ask your thoughts on David Villar, who's down in yeah. Sacramento. He hit two more home runs on Wednesday. He's got an OPS over 1,000, uh, maybe over 1,100 at this point. He's got 20 homers on the season here on June 24th. You know, he's not on the 40-man roster. I, I don't know if it's because they just don't have room to put him on quite yet. I, you're not going to send a guy like Evan Longoria to the bench just because Gabe Kapler, I think, is fair to say is, is for the most part a player manager, and he's not going to send a guy uh, over to the bench just for the hell uh, of doing it. But, but what do you think about David Villar, and do you think we see him this year? I definitely think we see him this year, and if we don't copes, if we don't see him by July 31st, it would not shock me if he's a throw-in in a big trade that the Giants make to acquire maybe a catcher. Maybe he's someone they use to get Wilson Contreras from the Chicago Cubs, send him as a third baseman over there to Chicago and let him cook uh, where he deserves a major league opportunity. I think that that is what's abundantly clear. The first in the PCL to hit 20 home runs this season. I remember Joey Bart telling me a few years ago that when those two were playing together at single A, he looked at VR, who was an 11th round prospect, and said, you're just as good as some of the guys who were taken in the first and second round. Why'd you fall? And I can't even remember the answer that VR gave Joey Bart because this story was told to me three years ago, but very clearly VR is playing his way onto the major league radar. So if we don't see him within the next month, I think that the Giants are keeping him down at AAA so that he can be thrown in as trade bait this summer. And if he 
stays with the organization beyond this deadline. Who knows what happens with Evan Longoria because he's, you know, in his age 36 season, the batting average, despite two hits on Thursday, below 230 right now. And so maybe you get to a point in the season where you do want to take a look at uh, David Villar. Maybe you get to a point in the season where Tyro Estrada has just been grinded down to the point where he needs to spell on the 15-day injured list. And you bring up VR, get him into the lineup, maybe play some second base. But what I do know is that David VR is on the cusp right now. He is someone who is very deserving of a major league opportunity. I think it's only a matter of time whether we see it in San Francisco or post-trade deadline with another organization. It's an interesting point about a trade of him because if you bring him up to the big league level and he struggles, then you lose some of that shine. You don't have that sort of tantalizing prospect that you can dangle. And speaking of tantalizing prospects, I was throwing this out, and and Tom Tolbert and I talked about this on our show on KMBR on Thursday. uh, And that's the did you see the quotes from Juan Soto on the field at Nationals Park on Wednesday? A little bit, yeah. He talked about wanting to see Steph Curry play live. And, of course, all Giants fans are like, hey, man, we can make that happen, dude. You you get your ass over here in some black and orange. You can watch all the Chalva Warriors Yeah, Juan Soto, Aaron Judge, they can have front row seats. Uh, Joe Lacob can put that on his luxury tax bill. Yeah, you'd be sitting over there with Joe Lacob doing the robot during the opening ceremonies (laughs) of the the Warriors uh, championship run at Chase Center next year. But I'm wondering, for a guy like Juan Soto, and I'm I'm just sort of kicking this around. I was talking with my brother and some other friends as baseball fans about this. Prospects are tantalizing. But that's all they are is prospects, right? And mm-hmm. so I wonder about, it's not like the NFL where a draft pick you trade has tons of value, but you don't know what it is you're getting. You don't even know where you're drafting when you acquire a draft pick frequently in the NFL. And so I wonder, if you've got a tantalizing prospect like a Marco Luciano or a Kyle Harrison or Luis Matos or Jairo Palmeiras or David Villar, would you be willing, you think, as a Giants fan or as a guy who I know you've covered the Giants now for years, do you think it would be not in the best interest or in the Giants' best interest to dangle two of those top prospects if Juan Soto became available? So here's the thing. One, because the Lerner family is probably going to sell the Washington Nationals, they're not going to trade Juan Soto. He is the most valuable asset to that organization in any ownership group or owner who would want to uh, you know, bid on the Nationals, ultimately own the Nationals. They would want Juan Soto as part of that deal. They would want to be able to extend him 10 years, $500 million, whatever he deserves. But let's say, in theory, Juan Soto became available. Here's what it would take to get him. Kyle Harrison, Marco Luciano, Luis Matos, keep going down the list. Hunter Bishop, Patrick Bailey. You would throw in six or seven prospects right now, and I'm not kidding, out of that top 10 list from the San Francisco Giants to acquire Juan Soto with the notion that you would then sign him to a life-changing deal, making him the highest paid player in Major League Baseball history. No doubt in my mind that he's worth it. No doubt in my mind that Farhan Zaidi and Scott Harris would probably do it if Juan Soto became available. But the reality of the situation is the Nationals just can't afford to part with him because if the Lerner family does want to sell... Juan Soto's got to be a part of that deal. Yeah, that's, that's a good point about uh, if that team sale does go through, you don't want to get rid of the number one marquee player. You want to use that as sort of an asset to get somebody in there. Yeah, you're to... taking hundreds of millions <laughs> off the bottom line if you get rid of Juan Soto. Exactly. Uh, one more thought. You mentioned uh, his name earlier, Wilson Contreras, potentially is a, uh, a catching asset that could be available at the trade deadline. Uh, would be a free agent after this year from the Chicago Cubs. Obviously, they blew it up last year. Traded Baez, traded Bryant, traded Rizzo. Uh, what do you think it would command to get a guy like Wilson Contreras? And do you think that's a guy the Giants should be hunting uh, and really going after? I mean, right now, the, the catching across baseball, everybody is looking for for some catching help. And that's going to be, I imagine, one of the top acquisitions because catcher's a spot where it's great if you're getting offensive production. You need a great defensive receiver back there to handle the pitching staff. But if you're a, a team that's planning to go to the playoffs or thinks that a, a catcher with some offense could get you over the hump, he could be the number one guy in the market come deadline time. Yeah, really interesting dynamic here. And I actually had Robert Murray on KMBR earlier this week asking him about that 
that national insider for Fanside, and he said that Wilson Contreras might require a bigger haul in terms of prospects than Chris Bryant did last summer. And that, that is really remarkable to think about, and it shows you the emphasis and the value placed on the catcher position. Remember, the Giants gave up Caleb Killian, who's the only Farhan Zaidi-era draft pick in San Francisco, to throw a major league pitch or take a major league at bat. Yet, Caleb Killian, of course, the only one who has debuted a 2019 eighth-round pick, something like that. Alexander Canario, power-hitting prospect. He went in that uh, Chris Bryant deal as well. And so Contreras, to me, he checks a lot of boxes for the San Francisco Giants. He's someone that I would imagine they're checking in on already and will keep tabs on throughout the month of July. I would also envision Sean Murphy of the Oakland A's as someone that the Giants would look at as someone who could potentially be a part of a future deal. Maybe give up Joey Bart and someone else to acquire two-plus years of Sean Murphy, cost-controlled catcher out of Wright State, who's a great glove and doesn't hit for average, but he does hit for power, which is kind of what the Giants were hoping Joey Bart would do. But you consider that they use the first-round draft pick, Copes. 2018 on Joey Bart, number two overall. 2020, number 13 overall, Patrick Bailey. Neither of those guys have panned out thus far. Bart at the major league level, Bailey at the minor league level. Neither of those guys are ready-made to carry a team into the postseason right now. And even though the Giants lost three games in Atlanta this week, falling 7-6 on Thursday after a spirited comeback attempt, I just feel as though this series against the Braves, and call me crazy for saying that I feel this way after three losses, but I do think that they have the pieces to make it through a postseason. And as we learned last year, it doesn't take 107 wins to win a World Series. You don't have to be the best team in your division to win a World Series. We saw 2014, the Giants come out of the wild card and ultimately win the World Series. All you have to do is have the pieces on your roster and get hot at the right time. And I really do believe with Logan Webb and Carlos Rodon at the front of this rotation, if the bullpen gets right, if Farhan Zaidi adds one or two arms and then adds a catcher to this roster, the Giants can be dangerous come October. Maybe they go in with 87, 88, 89 wins in an expanded playoff field. Who knows? But I have no doubt that with those two guys at the top of the rotation, Webb and Rodon, if they're hitting their stride come September, October, if you get the bullpen right, maybe Jock Peterson, another hitter gets hot. This Giants team will have enough to make a postseason run. Does that mean they will? Does that even mean they'll make the postseason? No, but it is enough to consider trading for a Wilson Contreras, to consider mortgaging part of your future to win in the present. I think that every smart, aggressive general manager should do that, and I do believe that Farhan Zaidi and Scott Harris will ultimately be aggressive at this deadline because they've probably seen enough to know that this Giants team can compete come October. I'm with you, but to that point, and to everything you were just saying, the starting pitching may be a concern also. They could be uh, after some starting pitching at deadline time, too, after yeah. Matt Boyd no was shut down uh, with some of his rehab. By the way, you drop in Wright State for Sean Murphy. I mean, that one <laughs> incredible knowledge, too. Wright State, I, what do they pop up every once in a while? You see him as like a 13 or a 14 seed in yeah, the Horizon League. Yeah, yeah, usually playing Cleveland State in the championship <laughs> there. Uh, if you're a March Madness head, I, I love it. Sean or something, Murphy. Right? I, I covered a little Sean Murphy in, in the Cape Cod League. That's actually how I know Wright State. He played for the Orleans Firebirds. Willie Calhoun was in the Cape Cod League at the same time as Stephen Duggar. Calhoun was setting a doubles record for the Wareham Gateman. Stephen Duggar was playing center field for the Falmouth Commodores when Austin Slater was playing center for the Han. Hyannis Harbor Hawks. The Giants, John Barr actually had to go out and sign Austin Slater in Cape Cod to get him to come to the Giants organization because he felt that he should be valued higher than the eighth round in the draft. So a little inside baseball right there for you. Coach. Look at you. Shout out the Rowdy Raiders of Wright State getting it done. <laughs> Kerry Crowley does a great job for the Bay Area News Group, San Jose Mercury News. Thanks so much, man. We'll catch up with you later, Kerry. Appreciate you, Copes.
Uh, great stuff from Kerry Crowley, and he's right. Lots of movement on the Giants roster right now, and he's he's absolutely right that these things just have a way of working themselves out with uh, Luis Gonzalez going on the I.L. Lamont Wade Jr. could be right back, and then there goes that log jam. So we'll see where Willie Calhoun fits in. We'll see what happens with David Villar. Nice point from Kerry that if the Giants decide to dangle him in a trade as a guy that they're not planning to use this year, maybe you get some more value out of him by leaving him in the minor leagues and just letting him rake down there in the PCL. Something else to keep in mind, Evan Longoria, a free agent after this season, so the Giants would be in the market for a third baseman, but also Wilmer Flores could be here over there playing third base. You've also got a guy in Tyro Estrada, so we'll see how versatile the Giants decide to get this trade deadline time, but already they are uh, heating up with some moves, but Farhan, you know he's going to tinker. He likes to do that with the 40-man and with the active roster. Thank you to Kerry Crowley. Thank you to Brian Smith, my producer. Thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is you're listening. We'll keep bringing you the top stories in Bay Area sports. Next week, we'll get into some more baseball. Also, the Warriors and the NBA draft went down last night. We can talk about that and how free agency will pan out for the defending world champions. That's all coming up in the days and weeks ahead. Until then, enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you Monday.